Man, so good to be together. I'm thinking about the fact that we all face tragedy. I think unlike any other time and probably in, certainly I think in my lifetime, we've seen more death and injury than we probably would have ever imagined thanks to COVID. A lot of things have changed. A lot of things have transitioned. You know, I, I hear, you know, we have people in this room right now who have faced um, car accidents that were unexpected, disease that was unexpected, so many different things. And the question is, how do we find the strength to endure and keep going in the midst of whatever it is that we might be facing, large or small? Lamentations chapter 3 begins our journey to understand strength that comes from Jesus. Now remember, Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah. And he's speaking about a real time. And I, I was reading this again thinking we could put today right into this. It says in verse 47, We have suffered terror, pitfalls, ruin, and destruction. And I thought, you were looking at our newspapers just a couple years ago. With all that we're facing. Streams of tears flow from my eyes because of the destruction of my people. I, I know this is relating to a lot of physical destruction. I'm going to tell you, as a leader in the church, I've seen spiritual destruction in his people. I've seen a lot of emotional destruction, mental health-type destruction. And I have had tears over it. I, it says, I have cried until the tears no longer come. My heart is broken. My spirit is poured out as I see what has happened to my people. The thought occurred to me, am I in tune, God, to what's happening to your people, to your creation? Are you willing to cry over that? Have you cried over some of the things that we have seen? Can I say this? Crying's good. That's not a bad thing. I'm concerned the church is not connected at a spiritual, emotional, etc. way to some of the events that are surrounding us in the world we live in. There's a lot of us who are under a lot of weight. Looking at you, we might not know it. And that's, that's okay. But the reality is some of us are struggling with, and we have for maybe the last few weeks, I'm talking to people who have had their life turned upside down in just a few weeks ago, some over months, over years. Okay, what can we do? I want to share with you from God's Word, and what I believe He's speaking to us as a church, here's what we can do. Here's how you can find strength to endure and keep going. And here's how you and I can fulfill the Word of God. We have work to do. God is not done with you. 
even though you are going through whatever it is you're going through, God is not done with you. First thing that I'd like you to consider is a big thing. Listening. Listening to the Lord. I appreciate that. I think most of you are listening to me right now. And I hope that would be true. But you know, I know when it comes to the Lord, listening to Him, we need to do that. Listen to Lamentations again, 3 verse 28. This is such a powerful passage of Scripture. When life is heavy, right? When you're weighted down by stress and tragedy and all the things that could be going on, and hard to take off by yourself, right? The weight of it, whatever that we see. I mean, we can feel the weight just watching news. Enter the silence. Oh, look at that. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Would it be okay if you said amen to that? Let me tell you what you say amen to. We need time to be quiet. We need time to be alone with God. Uh, You know, when was the last time that you were quiet for any length of time with Jesus? Now, you'll notice that there's some interesting qualifiers here. You'll notice the word silence, prayer, don't ask questions, wait. Interesting. I'm convinced God wants to talk to us more than we want to listen. God has a lot to say to you about your life, about what's going on in your life, but have you noticed that you get too busy asking questions or complaining or talking and all of a sudden, you know, you cannot talk and listen. I know some of you think you can, but you really can't. Your brains just aren't that good. No one's brain is. It's just you can't do both well. God wants you and I to spend some serious time with him. And I'm here to encourage you as your pastor and as your leader that we need to get some real time with him. Now, it's pretty obvious no one reason why we don't hear God is because we're just too busy. I mean, we're watching things, we're thinking things, we're listening to things. Our minds are way preoccupied and distracted. I mean, think about it. When's the last time you were able to... I mean, some of you, this would be really challenging. So I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Sometime between now and next Sunday, I want you to spend ten min- just 10 minutes. Okay, not reading the Bible. You can have the Bible when you're done. No noise around you, right? No background, no elevator music. Absolute quiet, as much as you can find that spot in your life. Right? No kids, no, just 10 minutes. And just sit and listen to what God has to say. I was tempted to do it right now. But we don't have enough time. (laughs) You understand why? uh, What an amazing home. Let me tell you, I spent some time with God the other day. So learn from my mistakes. 
And uh, I do. One of the things we do as a team, your church team, the staff that serves you and that's around me, we take one day a month minimum. We call it a spiritual day, and it's a whole day that we take to go hear from God. And the assignment is take your Bible, you know, a pad, a pencil, and go hang out with Jesus and come back, and then we talk about what did God say. Now, here's the thing that happened to me the other day. So I was having a spiritual day. So I had four hours. God talked to me and gave me two minutes of amazing talk. Guess when that happened? Three hours and 58 minutes into the four. So here's what happened. Well, learn from my mistake. I spent three hours and 58 minutes complaining and praying and talking. And finally, I was done. I got it all out, and I got quiet. And then God said something. And in two minutes, changed my life at that moment. I needed to hear what he had to say. The good news is it only took him two minutes. The bad news is I had to wait three hours and 58 minutes. What would have happened if I was just quiet in the beginning? What might have happened? See, that's the whole point. This is a deep dive. I want you and I to go 100 feet with God. I want us to go to depth with God because we're called to live by faith. And this is what this means, is having a quiet time and listening, finding that place at a, maybe at your, in your favorite chair, maybe someplace in your home, outside. There are times when I'm trying to find quiet, I will take and go park my car at a park because I'm just trying to get away from everything, turning the phone off, everything, just quiet. I'll tell you what, you'd be amazing at the strength. Listen to Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. I'm reading from the message by Eugene Peterson. I love how he translated. Great interpretation of this passage. Listen, here's instruction. I'm repeating the same thing. Find a quiet, secluded place. So you won't be tempted to role play before God. Let me translate that. So you won't act. You won't say kind of like, okay, God, I know what you want to hear. Let me go ahead and role play what it means to be, you know, your son or daughter of God. And look at it says, just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. Now, notice it says as you can manage. It's okay. We're all learning together. So don't say, well, I've got to be here in order to... You don't have to, you can be here, you can be here, you can be here, you can be here. Doesn't matter. There is no, I'm going to talk about, I can't wait till next week. I'm going to talk more about this. Because we know we're starting the deep dive series. I've already, I'm, I'm already got eight weeks. I mean, I am so excited. I can't wait. I mean, I was tempted to do both messages today, but I won't. But we're going to talk more about this getting deeper. Because I've noticed that, when you go through a tragic time at any level, it tends to refocus, refocuses you. You know, when you face, now I know in my situation, I faced something that was life-threatening. I've talked to many other people who have faced life-threatening moments, uh, or even just very interruptive moments in life, you know, scary moments. 
you know, the kinds of things that tend to slow us down. I've talked to a lot of people who've been to a funeral, and all of a sudden it got them to slow down and think about life again. You know what I learned, though, in my last experience? There's nothing slower than waiting in the hospital. Why is it that time slows down so much when you're in the hospital? I, re- I, thought I, was, you know, I was there for a week. I thought I was there for a month. I thought, wow, it felt so slow. And, and when you're in the waiting room, right, I've had a lot of you. It's like I was talking to somebody, yep, yeah, I'm headed to the ER. I have three books. I have my lunch, my dinner, and I'm ready for the long wait. <laughs> uh, what you need in order to have the strength to go on is to overcome what I think is one of the most struggling fears, uh, emotions, which is fear that comes into human being. You know, there's all kinds of emotions, but when we feel fear, when we're scared, when we feel these things, you know, this is when we got to talk to God. So what's going to help remove that? Number one is we need to trust God. Listen to this. Trust God. John 8.31, the truth will set you free. Say that with me. The truth will set you free. Here's what I've learned. You ready? A lot of the fears we have is based on ignorance and false information. A lot of truth that we get into our hearts and our lives is misperceptions, misunderstandings, and even some biases and prejudice about how we filter what is being said. You know, it's interesting that fear is, I think fear, unhealthy fear. Now, let me clarify. Fear is part of being a human being. We don't want to eliminate fear because that would be dangerous. You know, there's some things we, you know, I want, I want my grandbabies to be afraid of putting their finger in a light socket. And I don't want them to have to test it to find that out. You with me on that? Healthy, healthy stuff. But there's unhealthy fear that can, and here's what happens. When you go through maybe a tragic event, like all of a sudden you are hit suddenly at a, just sitting there in a, you know, at a light and you're stopped or, or health things happen or you get, you get a, a, a really bad call from the doctor and he says, I got bad news, you know, that kind of stuff. All of a sudden, that moment of, of, if you will, fear generates one of three responses. You either run, flight, number two, fight, or number three, you'll freeze. See, and I see a lot of people freezing. I think a lot of the church has gotten frozen by all the events that we've been listening to and watching, and we become almost paralyzed over all the news events and the stories because it's, it's a... I know people are afraid. They're still afraid. We're afraid of the number of things that we become. And fear can be a root for a lot of anxiety and depression and mental health issues because deep inside it, it really grabs us. And so oftentimes what we need is truth. I've said this many times to people. I said, we need to go get some better information here. Because you don't have good information. You see, it's interesting. Again, Lamentations 5, 53, uh, verse 55. So from the bottom of the pit, I cried out to you, Lord. Right, okay, he's in a bad moment. 
Lord, when I begged you to listen to my cry, I love this, you heard me. So would you receive this? When you cry out, God hears you? And you answered me. And here's what he told him. He told me not to be afraid. Now I'm going to talk about how we get there. See, everyone has hidden fears. Everyone, if I, if you and I could have this really deep dive conversation, I, you and I would be talking about fears that we pretend we don't have or that we try to cover up or we try to medicate and all kinds of things. Do you remember Franklin Delano Roosevelt, former president? And he said something that we all have heard it quoted from people doing like what I do, speaking and stuff. And he remember he said, in, in the midst of a national crisis, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Great statement. I lo- I, man, I love saying it. It's just not true. Because there's a lot of things to fear. But we have to learn how to deal with these fears. And so that's the truth of it. And that's what we need is truth. Because do you realize that when you were born, every one of you were babies once upon a time. I'm not calling you a baby. I'm saying you were babies. And you are all cute, too. There is nothing better than a cute baby. You know that? And all babies are cute. They just they look at you and they smile and that's it. You melt. You know, if you really need to overcome stuff, just go hold babies, right? We've got all kinds of babies. You hold them. Life changes. It's such an amazing moment. Did you know that when you were born, you, only, you were born with really only two fears? This is a fact. This is science. Number one, all babies, all human beings who are born have two basic fears. Number one, the fear of falling. Babies are not crazy about falling. Number two, they're fearful of loud noises. That's why when a loud noise comes, you'll see an automatic startle response in babies. It's automatic. God put that in us. So that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Two basic fears. So here's what that tells us, though. Here's the crazy thought that I had. I was reading this going, well, that's, yeah, I believe that. That's true, and it is true. That means all the other fears of our life is what we learned. All the fears we have are learned fears. Thank you, family of origin. Thank you, friends and family. Thank you, church. Thank you for all the fears that you put into my life that I didn't have when I first started. I I was only afraid of falling and loud noises. I still am afraid of falling and loud noises. But now I've got a hundred other fears thanks to all of the things that have been said or done and that I have misinterpreted, misunderstood, and have bought a lie into my life. So here's the bad news is that you all learned a lot of things that aren't true in your life. You've learned things about you that are not true. See, a lot of you have insecurities and fears and beliefs about yourself that is a lie that has been put on you or has come out of the pit of hell. And I'm here to tell you that the truth will set you free. The reality of who you really are, because 
Every one of you started off all on the same, the same way. You were all babies at one point. You know, I think we ought to have new name tags with your baby picture on it. So when you come up, we'd all smile. And we'd say, well, what happened? <laughs> You'd look at me and go, well, you were so cute once. What's, what happened, Pastor? <laughs> I got old. Isn't it interesting how a lot of us have built, and that's, most, that's everyone, we built our life on a lot of faulty assumptions and mis- misbeliefs about us and the consequences of what we have today. See, some of you are held back because of a lie. Listen, the Word of God wants to break that lie. And, and he does that by truth. Here's the second thing he does is he breaks it by love. Listen to this scripture. I love this. We're talking about this big deal of fear, right? Love, 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out some fear. Oh, did I misread that? What does it say? All fear. There is no fear in love, God's love, but perfect love, God's love, casts out all fear. So here's the thing that I kind of have figured out over hanging out with God now for almost like 49 years. I've kind of figured a couple things out. The more of God's love I have in my life, the more confident I am and the less afraid that I, I am about things around me. You know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm working my head around what has happened to me and the device that I have because it's keeping me alive. But I am confident about what God's doing. And I'm not afraid. Just because I have to get my head around something new in my life doesn't mean I'm walking around afraid. Now, I'm afraid some of you are going to hug me too hard. (laughs) But that's okay. I'll help you. (laughs) A lot of what we have inside of us is just false. Do you hear me? Here's my new acronym for FEAR, F-E-A-R, False Evidence Appearing Real. Say that with me. False Evidence Appearing Real. A lot of you have bought what you would consider, here's the evidence to demonstrate why I am afraid or why I'm insecure or why I'm not happy. Here's the evidence. And then I would say, well, okay. What's the evidence that doesn't support that? And I've got one piece of evidence that is absolutely amazing. The love of God. Because the love of God casts out all fear. Here's what I figured out. The the love that God gives us is always greater than the fear we have. Always. God is love. And love is stronger than fear. Do Do you believe that, though? See, a lot of us have bought into a lie that we hear them and we think, oh, yeah, yeah, you're a pastor, sure. That's for every human being that God created. This is the truth. Love is always greater than fear. And, and look, at, look, we have this third thing from Psalm 34.4. I prayed to the Lord, right? Talk to God. Talking about stuff that's going on. You're right, that's my three hours and 58 minutes. And he answered me. And in two minutes, 
freeing me from all my fears. That's what the psalmist said. I prayed to the Lord. He answered me, freeing me from all my fears. See, I want you to get this now. This is critical. If you get nothing else, listen to this right now. You don't want to miss this. Okay, seatbelts buckled. Okay, here we go. The antidote to fear, the antidote to fear, overcoming fear, is not about a formula. It's not about a process. It's about a person. So listen, you have faith not in a process, not in a formula. See, some of you sit and as I come to you week after, you want step one, two, three, and four. Give me the steps, what to do. God, oh, yeah, okay, I'm ready. I want, some of you love the acronym. Oh, an acronym, okay, I love that. Now I can organize things. But the reality is, the antidote to our fear is not the formula, but the person whose name is Jesus. So where do you get faith, love, and truth? Through, okay, listen, through a relationship with Jesus. And how do you have a relationship with Jesus? You've got to spend time with him. You ready for this? Listen to him. See, what I'm saying is all the fears that you have in your life can all go away, can be healed. The unhealthy things. I'm talking about the unhealthy things. I've got to stand up for this one because I want you to be delivered. I want you to experience what God has for you. And there's only one way. Jesus. See, you want, okay, what chapter do I need to read in the book? You know, what verses do I need to memorize? All good stuff. But the reality is what you need, what you really need, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the way. And that is the truth. And that is the life. Jesus. And the church is losing that. I'm, I'm concerned. I'm deeply concerned as a leader that sometimes we are so trapped by all the things of entertainment and, and relevancy and, and on and on it goes. We want, we want you know, X, Y, Z. And I, I, I'm not going to give you X, Y, Z. What I'm going to give you, I'm hand-delivering Jesus. And if you receive Jesus, if you receive Jesus, guess what? He's going to cast out the fear. He's going to deliver you. Your life is going to change. Now, here's the hard part about this. It doesn't happen overnight. See, now some of you are going to get, you know, it's like, wait, doesn't this happen in an instant? Well, as occasionally there are some people who this happens very quickly, but for all the rest of us, it takes time. Relationships develop. You need to spend time. You know, listen, I, I love this, this. David wrote this in Psalm 27. Verse 13 says, I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, it's not an accident that we sang goodness and we're reading the scripture about goodness. Because what that's saying is, you know what? I would have been wiped out by this event. I would not have come back from this event 
If I hadn't trusted God, if I hadn't listened to God. See, a lot of you have been through some really challenging things. And if you hadn't believed God and expected that God would give you the strength to move on and trusted him, you'd still be stuck. Or some of you, you are stuck. There's, there's things we, there's people you need to forgive. There's situations you need to forgive. I'll talk more about this later, but listen, unforgiveness is a really bad thing. Listen to your pastor. Unforgiveness. And see, and here's the thing. Some of you have unforgiveness and you don't even know it. Sometimes you've got to do a deep dive inside your soul and take a look and say, so, because I've discovered because of what I do, some of you've got some stuff. See my fist? You've got a situation where a person locked inside your head. It's like a stronghold. And the love of God wants to come and open it up. And when that opens up, doesn't have the strength anymore. Because now God has the strength. But that takes, you got to go deep. Because again, I know, because I've worked with human beings long enough now, I don't know enough, I'm still learning all the time, but I know enough now that the reality is that this exists in us. See, sometimes you've got to accept the things you just can't change. Hello? Okay, I'm putting, I'm, I'm putting my hand over, I can feel my pacemaker right here. Okay, my, without this, my heart stops. I'm going, I've got to accept that. I mean, this isn't just a safety belt. This is, okay, so I've got to accept that. Now, I'm not crazy about it, and I, I'm struggling getting my head around it, realizing, God, I, but you know what? As I accept the truth of that, guess what comes? Peace. So some of you may need to accept some things that, you know, there are some things in life that don't change. Okay. Accept it. And then know God's peace because I trust God. Because then that leads us to hope. Because here's what I'm going to focus on, what's left, not what's lost. Amen. There's so much more left that hasn't been lost. But there's some things that get lost sometimes. You know, sometimes I, you know, uh, I know some people that aren't going to be running marathons anymore. All right, well, all right, well, there goes all the fun training and everything. But I can ride a bike. I can go hiking. I can walk. There's so much more left than what was lost. But I've watched people so focused on the one thing that was lost. It's like, that's it. My life is over. Because I can't do that one thing. All right, well, then you're in trouble. The best thing to do is to be thankful to God. Show gratitude. I'm so grateful that I'm sitting here in front of you, and I can say, man, I love you guys. Learn this stuff with me. Matter of fact, I am so grateful that we are going to, are you ready for this? When we get done with Deep Dive, we're going to do 49 days of gratitude. Oh, come on. Say amen to that. It's already in the works. It's already planned. We got the whole thing happening. Seven weeks, and you're going to get, you're going to get a gratitude journal. Okay, guys. Guys, you're going to get a gratitude journal. Okay. I'm giving you, like, two and a half months to get ready for this. It'll be okay. 
It'll be fine. And we're going we're gonna to discover, here's where we're going to discover gratitude. It's a destroyer of depression. Gratitude will heal some of your anxiety. Gratitude will change the way, the way you're living life. You understand what gratitude does because we live in the Northwest. When I lost all hope, Jonah said, I once again turned my thoughts to the Lord. Man, yesterday it was 5.30 and I could still see. There's hope, praise God, right? The point is, listen to Lamentations. The Lord is good to everyone who trusts in him. Okay, let me say that again. The Lord is good to everyone who trusts in him. So it is best for us to, ready? Wait in patience. To wait for him to save us. Okay, I really want to nail this down. We're going to come to communion here in just a moment. But I want you to hear this. Really listen to this. If Jesus Christ is not at the center of your life, if Jesus Christ is not in control of your life, then there's a lot of things that are never going to happen and you will not recover from them. See, you can choose to carry the hurts and the pain of whatever it is that you have gone through or you're going through, the pain of loss, the pain of change, whatever it is, it is your choice. We at Abundant Life Fourth Square Church are not going to force you to do anything. This is your choice. You make the decision. But if you really want to get healthy, if you really want to get whole, okay, now listen, then you really need to know Jesus. You really need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and ask him to remove the fears of your life, putting the love and the truth of faith into your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? It happens. Because here's another thing that I know that we need to remember is that Jesus and his word never changes. So this is how I know I can count on this. I can count on today. I can count on it a month from now, five years from now, to the day... I meet him in heaven and on, Jesus and his word will never, ever change. The scripture tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say that with me. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, listen to me. It's an anchor. We need anchors in our lives. We need things that hold us. Keep us from drifting away. That is an anchor. When you receive communion in a moment, I want you to re-anchor yourself to Jesus. And remember, he's in control. Listen, Lamentations again, 517. We're all sick at our very heart, and we can hardly see through our tears. But you, Lord, are king of forever. And you rule, ready, to the end of time. So here's something I want you to know. As you receive communion, 
Jesus is in heaven. As you receive communion, Jesus is on the throne of God. As you receive communion, he's alive. He's risen, he's ascended, and he's given us this amazing paraclete, this this helper called the Holy Spirit. You have what you need. And God will do some amazing things. But you have to make the choice. You know what the secret to crisis control is, some of you people? Crisis control, the secret? Christ control. Come on, that's clever. Say amen to that. You ready? As they were eating, Jesus took bread. And after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant which was poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is what you need, church. Sometimes you've got to lose something till you really know what you need. And when you all of a sudden face that reality, listen to this. As you set your hearts to receive first his body and then his blood, you have two cups, loads of you at home, I hope you're getting ready with the bread and the cup. Lamentations 3 says, I'll never forget this trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. The feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember. I re- right? He remembers the trouble, the lostness, the ashes, the taste of it, the poison. He remembers the hitting of bottom, but there's another thing I remember. And remembering it keeps a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness. The most powerful force is the love of God. The power of God is the love of God. Can you say amen to that?